The selection of candidates in the case training program is a process that we take very seriously. For those of you who have tried to join the program, you will realize that it's impossible for us to fast track the selection process. What I mean by that is that if you write to us and tell us, Michael, you know, or whoever, whichever coach you are working with, you know, I need uh, to join the program in the next three days or even the next week, we will basically tell you that's impossible. We don't fast track the selection of candidates because it doesn't give us enough time to properly assess a candidate. Now, let's talk about the mechanics of how we select candidates and why we have the structure of an intake group as we have, right? Now, before we get to the structure, let's talk about the selection process. The most important criteria that we look for is not your case skills. We're not interested in your case skills. As far as we're concerned, you don't have the case skills required to join any of these firms. If you did have the case skills, you wouldn't be talking to us. And even if you came from a firm like McKinsey and trying to move to another office and so on, we work on the assumption that every attribute and skill that you need to have to be successful in this program, you must demonstrate it for us. So we operate on the principle of demonstrated competence. If we do not see one of those attributes we are searching for demonstrated, we will assume you do not have it. So at no point do we, you know, people always tell us, Michael, can I send you some references? Can I send you testimonials of people telling me what it was like to work with me? And we're not interested in that because you know, we don't know the people sending you references. For all we know, they have low standards. For all we know that, you know, that's a relative of your uncle or your aunt or your niece or whatever. The point is, we operate in a very careful process of checking everything. So once your application comes through the system, we check for certain attributes, right? The first attribute that we're looking for is whether your communication skills are strong enough. The second attribute would you be a good student? Now, this is important. To, to, to learn all of the things we want to teach you, you must have the ability to learn it. So we look for your learning potential, your ability to rapidly pick up and use the material we're going to teach you. Defensive students are bad students. I mean, we've had students who are defensive in the process, so we try to screen them out because if you're going to be defensive in the process, it puts a lot of pressure on the coach to force you to do certain things, and we actually don't want that because it, it makes it really difficult for the coach to then get you to do things, whereby it becomes a process of trying to explain everything. A lot of times, we can't explain some of the things we do, not because we don't want to do it, but because there's no time to do it. So if we ask you to do something... <coughs> We can explain the logic of how it works, but you know we can't set up a control for you to show you why the alternative option wouldn't work and so on. Would you, you know, that may sound like a, you may laugh when you hear that, but that's exactly what some clients want. They want to see a control of why the alternative option wouldn't work and so on. So the defensiveness is something that we definitely want to screen out for. The other area, which for me is very important, and I think for all coaches, and it's something we look at very carefully, is your value system. We talk about values a lot at Firms Consulting, but we also test for the value system. You know, I remember watching this movie once, and the character made a comment, you know, if you think something that bad can happen, the only reason you think that is because you would do it yourself. So we're not looking for candidates that are perfect, 
Hell no. We're looking for candidates that we think have made mistakes. Everyone's made mistakes. They've done things that they're not proud of. But people that we think understand the value system. There are candidates who we would talk to and try to explain to them the value system of putting clients' interests first, and they just don't get it. As far as they're concerned, a great consultant is someone who can just do analysis. And if they can never understand the impact and the importance of values in an informal discussion, they're almost certainly never going to, you know, accept that values are important and then build that into their training approach. So those are the attributes we look for, right? Uh, we'll discuss more about the attributes in the selection process in one of the following podcasts. But let's talk about how we take people in. So we've got people from all over the world applying. In any given month, we probably have a minimum of 20 people applying per coach, by the way, and probably more than that. I would say we're looking at about 30 people per coach applying, maybe 35 in some case, and we take between four to seven of those people. Now, how do we select those four? How do we select those seven people per coach? And it's important we understand. And it's important to understand we have a hard cap of seven per coach. We never decide. Hey, so many people want to join our program. Let's take in more people. We don't do that because it affects the quality of the training you give and the time we can, you know, uh, provide to people. So the way we make this decision is we say, okay, seven per coach, four coaches, twenty-eight in total per month. The rule we have is that at least half of those candidates must be female. It's a very tough rule that we instituted around probably towards the middle to end of 2011. Before 2011, Firms Consulting had almost 100% male intake. And we've realized that if we want to bring females into management consulting, it starts with us taking some pretty hard steps in terms of the way we want to keep our numbers fixed to a certain quota. And bringing 50% of females doesn't mean that we lower our standards. If anything, I think our selection criteria for females are tougher, simply to make sure that none of them are getting through because of the quota system. And in some months, we don't make our numbers for female. If we don't, let's assume in a certain month, we're meant to take in 14 females, we only took in seven. It doesn't mean we take in seven males, we don't do that. We keep the seven slots open and we may try to fill it in the next month where we'll try to take seven extra students or spread it out over several months. The bottom line is that we don't ever breach the quota. So if it's going to be 50% female for the end of the year, we must see a 50% female quota breakdown. Anything more than that, anything less than that, and we would have failed, right? So 50% female. It's also really easy for us to take all great students, I mean, of very good schools like, you know, um, Duke and Stanford and so on. But we don't do that as well. Firstly, the reason we don't do that is because it's it's a process of self-selection. People are going through this program. They obviously have development areas. It's natural, right? You're not perfect going through this program. If we took only candidates from those schools, we are relying on the school to choose who gets into the program in a manner of speaking. We're saying, hey, you went to Yale. Because you went to Yale, you must be great. Now, the whole principle of firms consulting is we do not rely on someone else's screening to determine whether you're going to get into this program. So the other rule we have is that at the moment, only 50% of our clients can come from the United States in a given month. We will reduce that to 30% by the time this podcast is released in September. So by the time September rolls along, only 30% of our clients will be coming from the United States. That's a hard rule that we are focusing on. We are definitely pushing out more numbers into the emerging markets, uh, China, India, Brazil, South Africa, and so on. 
and it's something that we're going to push for very carefully. Now, we also are being very careful about picking um, candidates that come from what I call tough lifestyles. They're not exactly, you know, fellows who had really tough experiences, which you can, you know, listen to in another podcast. But we are looking for candidates that maybe don't have the right kind of opportunities and need the right kind of mentorship. So within 50% female, and of that entire total, 30% United States in September, the rest split across the world. And again, I say split across the world, I don't mean 50% from Europe, right? We are picking regions that are really underdeveloped. You know, we definitely got and select candidates from mainland China, from Vietnam, from Afghanistan, from Pakistan, Bangladesh, and so on, and bring them into the system and train them you know, groom them and basically move them into elite consulting firms and so on. But beyond that, we also look at some other things that we test for. One thing is we look at the school you went to, you know. We don't want the Ivy Leagues dominating our intake. We've made that very clear. So another way to look at the cut of intake is we want no more than 30% of our candidates coming from the Ivy League schools or the so-called Ivy Leagues, right? We want candidates coming from a broad mix of schools, from the southern United States, you know, northwest, northeast, uh, from France, from the UK, from South Africa, from Australia, from Brazil. You know, every country has their own outstanding schools, and our job is to find those people and bring them in. I would say it's much tougher, tougher at the MBA level to do that because you know there's a preponderance for most graduates to congregate around a few schools in Canada, the United States, probably the UK, and to some extent Germany and France. And beyond that, you know, there's not a lot of very famous um, uh, business schools that you can pull from. But we work with business schools. We try to develop the caliber of their students. Some schools in India and in Vietnam, we have, you know, agreements where we, we actually help build their MBA curriculum. So the quality of their MBA students is a lot higher, which means that it's much easier for us to find outstanding students to take into our program. So as you can see, the selection criteria is not hard hoc. It's not as if anyone who applies gets into the program. We do not work that way. We've made a decision in 2011, made a decision that we'll focus on females, and that has worked very well for us. When I say focus on females, it doesn't mean we're not focusing on males. I mean to bring the focus on females at least to the level where it's equal with males. And I think we've done that now. If I look at the numbers now, female intake is slightly above males, but at any given time, there's more than 50% females in the program. So we've succeeded there, and the, the placement numbers for females are better in some cases than males. The other thing that we are very careful about, another way to cut the data, is um, making sure that we don't only take MBAs. We want a certain mix of PhDs, a certain mix of MBAs, a certain mix of experienced hires, a certain mix of entrepreneurs, a certain mix of fellows, those with you know pretty challenging backgrounds, and a certain mix of experienced candidates. We don't want any one group to dominate. But at the moment, it's easy to say that at any given time, about 30% of our intake is MBAs and probably about 16% to 20% would be PhDs per month. But the challenge is to have that very diverse group. And you may ask yourself, you know, why does firms consulting want that diverse group? It's a very simple reason. If we take good candidates all the time, we never really test ourselves. For us to continuously reinvent ourselves, we must take challenging candidates into the program so that the challenges those candidates face forces us out of our comfort zone to find ways to address those challenges means that we reinvent our material all the time. And we do go through a process of every year reinventing our material and changing things and adapting them and so on. But it's a process that can only work if we have some fairly tough quotas. Now, in terms of the focus we have going forward, we have 
I think two areas we're focusing. The one is we are focusing very heavily on the emerging markets. And again, it's not like just China and you know the big ones. We're focusing on regions that maybe the rest of the world has forgotten about, like Nepal, Bhutan, parts of the Philippines, and so on. The other focus we're taking is inner city students. Um, you know, in the United States, Canada, and the UK, we're looking for children, graduates of high schools or about to graduate high school or graduated, who are good but maybe have limited opportunities because they lack exposure to the right kind of mentor. So we bring them into the program, show them what is possible, pair them up with myself or one of the senior partners, other senior partners, some of the you know principals, and work with them over many years. Now, it is something that takes time. It's not something that we do and it shows results immediately. It takes a lot of time to do that. Like the fellows, this is a two-year, three-year program. We work with them quite extensively, show them what is possible with some effort, but the aim is always to place them at the elite firms. We're not taking people and just finding them any job. That's not what we're interested in. We're, we're finding people that are exceptional, the outliers of thinkers, and giving them a path that they wouldn't have had. I wouldn't say it's the most proud thing I'm, that we do that you know, uh, I'm, I'm excited about. I think we do many things that make us proud. Um, I'm proud of all of the students we have because I think a lot of them have their own challenges they are facing. But we definitely feel that intelligence is not found in the traditional hunting grounds. And our job is to find those outstanding people and work with them and obviously groom them.